good evening. It is good to see all of you out tonight. We are glad that you're here with us. That song is a good song for our series. We've been talking about the Bible and different things about the Bible and, and what we know about it. And we've talked about how the Bible is a lamp to us. It lights our way. And it, it shows us God. It shows us His will for us. It, it reveals to us many things. And that's a, a good song to, to go along with the lesson. Give me the Bible. Our lesson tonight is a continuation of last week's lesson on origins of the Bible. We've been looking a little bit at uh, some of the beginnings of it. Uh, last week in particular, we spent a great deal of time on uh, the law of Moses and how that pertains to us, how it comes to us, and how uh, the, the scriptures were compiled, at least as far as the Old Testament. And so tonight we'll pick up with that, that same kind of thought process. We're going to look at history. We're going to look at, at some things that we know about the Bible. Some things that we know to be true. And some things that, that you may not be completely aware of. In understanding the origins of the Bible, it is good for us to also understand how the Scriptures have come to us in their present form. For instance, did you know that the Bible did not originally contain chapters and verses. Did you know that the King James Version, the English version that we, we use most commonly, was not the original version of the Bible? It was not in the original language that the Bible was written in. Now, these are things that, that we should know. Some things that we need to understand when we look at the Scriptures. We need to know from where the Bible came. If we do not believe that God has provided for us the Scriptures, then what would be the point in our service? If we do not believe these things to be the inspired Word of God, then what's the point in following them? There are many beliefs in regard to God, and especially of Christ, and Debate on whether or not Christ was a man, or was He God, or was He both. If we don't believe these to be the inspired Word of God, then what's the point in following them? Are we looking to do God's will when we follow the Scriptures? We have one less than objective, and that is to know the history of the Bible and how it has come to us in its present form so that we might be encouraged so that we might know that the scriptures that we have before us are the inspired word of God we're going to look first at the reliability of the scriptures the reliability of the scriptures the manuscripts that we have today are not the original manuscripts as written directly by the hands of inspired men. We, we know what we have comes from copies, uh, from thousands of copies that we have of these scriptures where they had been copied over and over again so that they might be shared with the people. 
And since we do have these thousands of other manuscripts in Hebrew and Greek, it helps us to, to see that, that this is the inspired will of God, that this is what He wanted us to know. Included in these thousands of other manuscripts of scriptures is a Greek translation of the Old Testament translated from the original Hebrew about 100 years after the close of the Old Testament canon. This is known as the Septuagint and was well known in the days of Josephus. It was used in the days of the apostles and so we, we can, can see the reliability of something that goes back that far. The writing of the New Testament was begun around 50 A.D. and was completed around 96 A.D. A complete copy of the New Testament was translated into the Syriac in 373 A.D. And tradition holds that, that early church leaders were known to be very proficient in their knowledge and memorization of the scriptures. So much so that it is believed that the New Testament could be rewritten based on their writings and their teachings. Though we may not have the original manuscripts as written by the hands of the authors themselves, what we do have is reliable enough for us to know that the Bible is God's Word. We can believe that, we, that what we have before us is the truth of God's Word, preserved for our learning today. No other writings of its time have survived the way the Scriptures have. To have even a handful of these manuscripts would be notable. But to have the thousands that we do proves the reliability of the Scriptures shows the hand of God in preserving them for us. We'll spend the rest of our, our time on the history of the Bible and learning some things about how the Bible comes to us in its present form. As we recognize the history of the Bible, we recognize that there are many translations of the Scriptures that are used. Many translations have been made in many different languages, each with the intent of providing for those reading them the thoughts of the inspired writers. Some are more reliable than others, and we do have to be careful uh, to some degree of the translations that we use. Many have been made in an unconsciously biased manner, but few are outright misleading. And most of what we read in any translation can be believed to be the truth and can at least lead us to a basic understanding of what God desires for us. I remember in a class several years ago uh, in the school of preaching, I remember David West was preaching or teaching class. And one of the things that he said is uh, that whenever he would study with someone, he wouldn't try to use a Bible unless they didn't have one of their own. He would try to get them to use their own Bible. And he said whatever translation they have, 
almost any of them I can use to, to lead them to an understanding of what they need to do to be saved. And, and that is true. Most translations will at least lead us to that basic knowledge. Although some of the, the deeper things we do need to be, be aware of. As we look at the different translations, we begin by looking at, at one of the most common translations, the Authorized Version. The Authorized Version was originally published in 1611 and is probably the most commonly used in homes and churches or at least the, the newer form of it. I do have in my possession a, a copy of the original uh, not an original printing necessarily but the original wording of the 1611 and if you were to, to look at that you wouldn't recognize it because the, the wording, the, the English uh, spelling is, is so foreign to what we have today but this later became known as the King James Version. And that's what we know it as today. There are some churches such as the Primitive Baptists that refuse all other translations, professing it to be an inspired translation. It is known as the Authorized Version because King James, head of the Church of England at the time, authorized it to be read in the churches. As I said before, it is the most common translation that we have. It's easy to find. Uh, you can pull it up on the internet. It's public domain. And, and for the most part, it's fairly easy to understand, except for some of the wording that, that is outdated. But, but most of it is very easy for us to understand. And there are a lot of people that, that have those scriptures memorized from the King James Version. There are other versions as well. The Revised Version was published in 1885. The American Standard Version was published in 1901. And the American Standard is, is probably one of the more reliable translations that we have. The Living Bible, a paraphrase of the American Standard, was published in 1971. The New American Standard was published in 1971. And both the ASV and the NASB are based primarily on the Masoretic Text. The New International Version was first published in 1978 and has undergone several revisions, most recently in 2011, I believe. There may be, uh, I think there might have been a 2017. But that's, that's a, a common version as well. The New King James Version was published in 1982, and it is basically a revision of the King James Version, uh, updating some of the wording of the original to be more understandable but it follows very closely with the text of the King James Version, which is why I prefer to use it. And there are many other English Bibles that are in existence, and, and most are, are fairly reliable. There are some that, that get kind of out there, such as the Cotton Patch series. 
and these have very little factual basis and are written as more of a parody than anything. There's one that I remember hearing of that, that has sought to be gender neutral and things like that. And certainly those are, are not reliable versions of the Bible. As we uh, again look at the history of the Bible, we see that the division of chapters and verses is the work of uninspired men. These things have been added for our convenience. They aid us whenever we study together. It, it does make it uh, easier for us to, to follow along. I, I can give you a, a scripture and you can turn right to it. Because the Bible has been divided in the way that it is. The division into chapters was made in 1250. And the division of verses was added in 1560. It is difficult to know the thoughts of the authors without supplying certain words from our own language to aid us in our understanding. As you look at, at uh, original texts from Hebrew or Greek, uh, you find that, that there are words that they have in their vocabulary that we do not have in ours. For instance, the translation of the word love. There are different types of love that are used in the Greek uh, that we would, would render as love in the text of the Bible. And on the other hand, there are certain words uh, mostly words like at or an or it, you know, things like that. Those words uh, are, are not found in the original Greek. If we were to do a word-for-word -word, uh, translation, those things would not be found. And so another thing that has been supplied for us for our convenience is the use of words in italics. And whenever you see italic words, most of the time, that is a representation of uh, words that have been added to help us to understand what is being said. These are added to complete the thoughts of the original authors for our understanding in our own language. Approximately 40 men were involved in writing the original scriptures. Moses wrote the five books of the law 1,500 years before Christ. And John closes these writings in 96 AD with the writing of Revelation. As we look at the, the men that were involved in the writing of the Scriptures, we understand that some of them were uneducated. Especially some of the apostles, that they did not have any formal education. Paul is one of those that was educated. We're told that he was, was very, very well learned in tradition and in the, the ways of the Bible. And is probably the most educated out of any of the, the writers that we have. But it doesn't matter whether or not they were educated because they were not required to write according to their own literary abilities. They, they were not required to write upon uh, the things that they had learned uh, about 
their language or, or anything like that because they were inspired of God. Their thoughts and hands were guided by God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 16, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses of His majesty, for He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to Him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. It continues in verse 19. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. It does not come by the interpretation of men. Verse 21, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. As we look at the Word of God, we can understand that it is inspired of God. The words that we have before us are inspired of God. They are not from the writers themselves. And there are things that prove that. But we understand that these come by the inspiration and the guidance of the Lord. The Scriptures speak of the verbal inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Such as on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Paul suggests that they have not spoken by the wisdom of man. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 13 through 16. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 13 through 16. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. 
yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And as we look at some of the writings of Scripture, we understand that that some wrote things that they themselves did not completely understand. For instance, take what Job says in Job 42 and verse 3. You asked, Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. In Acts 2 and verse 39, For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That's something that we better understand today, but, but that Peter probably didn't have a full knowledge of when he spoke those words. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, 1 Peter 1, verses 10 and 11, he says, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, who was in them, was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Some spoke in languages they themselves did not understand. And it would be impossible in these instances for them to select their own words. And simply that the Bible is with us is evidence that it is inspired and preserved by God. So many years and yet we have so many copies of the Word of God with very few errors in them. Most are, are just scribal errors. But that, the, that we have the Bible even today is evidence of the hand of God. If it did not come from God, from where did it come? The Bible comes to us by the power, wisdom, and will of Almighty God. I wanted to share with you some final words from the writings of C.R. Nickel and R.L. Whiteside from a book that they had written uh, most of the thoughts for this lesson came. And this is what they have to say about the Bible. It is the world's most wonderful library. It differs from all other books in that it gives true history. It does not fail to record the shortcomings of its heroes. It tells of Noah's drunkenness, Genesis 9 as well as his faithfulness, Hebrews 11. Of Abraham's faith, Romans 4. Then of his weakness and lack of courage when he represented his wife to be his sister, 
Genesis 20. Of the meekness of Moses, Numbers 12. Then his presumption, Numbers 20, verses 7 through 12. Of David's wonderful power, then his criminality. Of Solomon's incomparable wisdom, then his foolishness. Of Peter's boldness, then his denial of Christ. Is not the indestructibility of the Bible proof of its inspiration? It began in a small country with a despised people, but it has found its way into every corner of the earth. It is the most widely read book in existence. It is the forerunner of civilization and the foundation of every enduring government. Through the ages, many have made attacks on the Bible. These critics have passed and are almost forgotten. Voltaire, possessed with the most wonderful brain power, predicted that in 100 years from his day, there would not be a Bible. How short-sighted. Tradition holds that, in fact, Voltaire had somewhat of a printing press. And even his own printing press was used to print copies of the Bible. As we look at the Bible, we have many reasons to believe the Bible to be the inspired Word of God. We have reason to believe that it comes to us by the will of God. That it contains the truth of God's Word and His will for us today. What He desires of us in becoming Christians and what He desires of us in our faithfulness. We have reason to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. I hope that you believe that to be so as well. Based on this belief of the Bible to be the inspired Word of God, have you obeyed the Gospel? Are you in need of, of obedience, of being baptized for the remission of your sin? Also repenting and confessing faith in Christ. Maybe it is that, that you have done that and maybe you need to come back. Maybe you need to, to repurpose your life for God's service. If you need to ask for prayer or for help in, in any way, we certainly would be glad to assist you. If you'll come as together we stand and as we